You are now listening to Abstract Thought, a podcast where creatives discuss their current projects, future projects, past influences, inspiration, and a whole bunch more. Today, I'm sitting down with my good buddy, Alex Sanchez. He is a typographer, designer, printmaker, clothing designer. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's got a wild role of, of awesome talents that he's developed over the years, and uh, I've been wanting to chat with him for quite some time. So welcome to the podcast, Alex. What's up? Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Um, before we get too deep into the podcast, if you could just tell our listeners where they could see your artwork, whether it be a website, Instagram, social media, what have you. Uh, so my Instagram account is Alexander Superchump, all one word. <laughs> and then uh, Dummy, the clothing brand <clears throat> that I've started, that is at ThanksDummy on Instagram as well. Awesome. Cool. Um, I guess we can, we can start off. Uh, just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you come from, just a little bit of backstory. Uh, yeah, so I'm originally from Portage, Indiana, which is about like <clears throat> two hours north from Indy. Um, I'm a designer. I work downtown for an agency. We do a lot of design work for like college sports things and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then in my free time, I do some freelance work whenever I can. And then more lately, I've been trying to work on uh, this like clothing brand called Dummy. Awesome. That's what's up. Can you tell us a little bit about Dummy, like how that came about and how that sort of is that a hundred percent you all you or do you have people who are on that with you yeah it's all me um <clears throat> brooke taylor helps me a little bit with the photography here and there for the drops and stuff like that but um so everything is basically all i've done so far has been printed on thrifted clothing so i'll just go out and basically what i'll do is i'll thrift as much as i can like plain clothes until i have <clears throat> enough for like a drop and then i'll do all the design work myself and then print everything at a cat head press nice but yeah it's something i've been wanting to do for a really long time I've been screen printing t-shirts since like high school, probably. Um, Before I learned how to do that, I was like spray painting t-shirts and stuff like that. I used to get like so hyped, I would spray paint t-shirts and wear them to school the next day, just like reeking like paint. (laughs) You're just like, I'm a a king, dude. I made this like a boss. People be like, damn, that's a pretty cool shirt, but you smell real bad like spray paint. (laughs) Yeah, but like I'm I'm starting this company like Nike here, dude. Don't you want to be a part of this? (laughs) Did you ever sell any in high school? Here and there, it was always about just like trying to figure it out. And then <clears throat> throughout the years, it's taken like sort of a different form, just like doing random stuff. Um, I think it's probably like close to two years ago at this point is when I got, um, I started going to like Cathead consistently and I was just starting to do like the random designs that I was doing. Um, after I graduated school, I wanted to try to keep up with doing like different design work and things like that. So I was trying to challenge myself to doing a different design work every day, just whatever I could. And then that eventually led into me starting to screen print some of that stuff. And then just from doing random weird things, I thought it would be a little more engaging with people to try to start a brand instead of like, yeah, I bought this weird shirt off this guy online. (laughs) Nice. How did you in high school get into printing shirts and and doing that type of stuff? Did you see it somewhere and you were like, oh, dude, I want to try something like that or how'd it come about? Yeah, I remember being in like... I don't know, like 13 or 14 or whatever, and seeing like all the Obey shirts. And I always thought those were really cool. Specifically, I got one that was like a big spray paint can. And I don't know, after that, I remember just being super interested in like graphic shirts all the time. I guess even when I was really young, buying just like goofy SpongeBob shirts and stuff, I just always thought having like really wacky t shirts was like fun. And I don't know, I'd always get like weird colored windbreakers and stuff from Goodwill. So <clears throat> I don't know, it's something I've just always been sort of interested in looking just dumb. <laughs> Do you have any like early fashion influences or something that 
you know, whether it be just some, some person in your school or something who was rocking something like, dang, that's fire. Like, where do you get that inspiration even now? Um, not really. I don't think I've ever been like super into like fashion, but I've always just liked like clothing brands. Like, I don't know. I remember being really young and super into like Neff and Obey and stuff like that, just cause I thought they did really off the wall, like colorful stuff. I don't even think even really my friends growing up dressed like super, I like I wear like purple jeans and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I guess I just liked looking goofy. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm usually in a pretty cheerful mood. So I think hmm. it just kind of matches what I, the energy I bring. <laughs> tough, man. Yeah. It's always kind of a predicament, like finding like, like you see an adult, you know, in the wild, for instance, walking downtown or something. And you're like, how did you arrive at this place to be like wearing those things? Like, let's say they're wearing something outrageous. You're like, dude, where did you, like, how did you get here? Yeah. What exactly. is your story that arrived? You're like, cause like everyone has their own, you know, way they dress or, or outfits that they, they tend to kind of subscribe to. Mm. I, I've kind of been described as, and I'm sure you can probably attest to this, like a, almost a cartoonish character of a person. Oh yeah. Like when sure. I was going to Heron, it was always just like a windbreaker with like basketball shorts, <laughs> like Adidas shoes and a baseball cap. And that was like the only variant of clothes I wore for like four <laughs> years. So like, yeah, it's interesting how people will formulate sort of a clothing pattern or a clothing system that they just kind of subscribe to. Yeah. <clears throat> I think part of it too, it might've honestly been like, I remember odd future being a huge thing growing up. And we were like basically the exact same age as them is when that started happening. And I remember just seeing all those dudes doing like a bunch of DIY stuff and like Tyler always dressed pretty crazy. So maybe some of that was part of it. But. Hmm. Were you, did you skate much? Yeah. I skated a lot growing up. Would you say <clears throat> that kind of, cause I, I've not skated at all, but I do know like clothing, fashion, shoe wear, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm goes with skating pretty heavy yeah i think definitely like skating and music and all that stuff sort of is like the reason for all that because i like playing in a band in high school and <clears throat> skated with my homies and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i'm sure that was definitely part of it that's what's up would you say did you do printmaking at in college yeah i took uh i think i just took no i took two screen printing classes and then i did like lithography and stuff like that <clears throat> what was that like lithography was a lot. <laughs> it, I remember the process was just like super intense. And I think that was what kind of turned me off of it. It was like, it was fun, but I remember it would just take so long to do like one print. But I'm, I'm kind of a printmaking lithography idiot. What what exactly is lithography? If you can describe it for me. So the ones that I did in school was, uh, it was basically like you took a stone and then I remember the first thing we did is you basically had these like crayons and you'd like draw what you wanted on it. And then you would do like a few different chemicals and things like that to like i don't even exactly remember but it was like you would just like rub the chemical all over the crayon once it was there and you'd have to like let it sit and then you'd have to get like the roll the ink on and then you would like send it through the press like it was a whole thing dude (laughs) yeah it's like isn't it like a roughly cut stone too yeah i feel like i've seen a i don't know what would you call it a li- a litho- I guess it's like a litho stone. A what? <laughs> I guess just like a litho stone. Yeah, a litho stone. Because yeah, Heron had like a pretty dope uh, print shop, and they, I remember they had like a whole bunch of different like giant pieces of the litho stone. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like when I was at Heron, there were the students who took printmaking, and everybody mm-hmm. was like super about it. They really, really loved printmaking a lot. Yeah, and like I, 
I don't exactly know why I never got into printmaking. I was always kind of curious about it, but not curious enough to take a class. Yeah. <laughs> so do you feel like your printmaking classes that you took and, and just interest in that influences what you do today? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, especially because I do like all the screen printing for all the stuff that I make. But <clears throat> I don't know. I definitely just think that mentality also influences a lot of the work that I make because I feel like all the work that I do normally is like one or two colors, whatever. And I think just like that is always something I'm thinking about when I start making work is like how easily can I transfer this to print? So I don't like making something and then, okay, how can I scale this back to print? Right. I just always have that thought in my mind initially, at least for my like personal work. It's like when I set out to do something, I'm like, okay, this is going to have to be printed at some point. So I may as well just build that into what I'm doing now. That's what's up. Nice. Um, another thing that I really, really enjoy about your work is, I feel like you have fun with typography. Like you don't just type something out and you're like, Oh, well that's the logo. Like you really distort it, move that stuff around. Where do you get some of that like interest from or where do those ideas come from? Um, honestly, I can't even really remember what got me super into doing that. I remember the first one that I made. So like I was saying, after I graduated at first, I feel like once you graduate, it's kind of hard to get yourself into making things like consistently. So I wanted to do something and I was just taking, I've always done this for like bands and stuff like that. Like I'll just look through like episodes of TV shows that I like and just pick. Cause I think like in a vacuum, those titles sound really cool just cause it's like describing something like very specifically. Hmm. So I would take those and type them out. And then I think literally one day I was just like laying in bed and I had like a beer glass and I was like literally just taking pictures on my phone through the beer glass. And that's nice. where initially that like warped came from. And then I think from there, like literally like using a glass, cause I never really did anything like that in college, anything like super hands-on like that. So <clears throat> I think experimenting from there just got me really interested in the idea of like, I would like cut stencils and project light through them and take photos and things like that. So just trying to do stuff like actually with my hands to have just a little bit more fun with it. Cause I feel like the first work I was doing out of school for my job <clears throat> and just like the end of uh heron just like all digital stuff so i just wanted to be like a little more hands-on and not have to like worry about something being super refined or super clean or whatever that's awesome yeah printmaking is extremely analog mm -hmm. so like <clears throat> if you come from doing that type of stuff even in high school and doing things like super diy you know just having illustrator or indesign or photoshop open you're like dang i'm just staring at the screen you know yeah definitely. So you, you probably <clears throat> respond well to like tactile approaches to to design yeah for sure i think that's something that i've always liked doing like growing up i used to like i said i would spray paint t-shirts and stuff i took a vocational in high school where i was doing like screen printing and running like a little like offset press like mm. i think i printed our graduation brochures from high school Dope. class yeah so i don't know just doing stuff like that i'm not super good at drawing so i don't know whatever way i can just do make a little bit of a mess cool. that's tight <laughs> yeah i <clears throat> I definitely am with you on trying to find a way to do things a little bit more analog. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think my approach with my murals and artwork too is kind of like the opposite where I'm taking things that are super digital looking and very, you know, flat two dimensional and trying to stretch them onto like three dimensional stuff. Mm -hmm. So in a way it's kind of working in the, the, the opposite direction as to what you're doing. So you're taking these really organic, um, like distorted, I'm trying to find the word here to describe it, but like you're taking these very analog things and then mm. converting them into a digital format. 
so that there is that crispness, there is that professional edge that, you know, a digital software can provide, but there's the organic side that's a little bit harder to, I feel like, create digitally. Yeah. If you try to like replicate that specifically digitally, it'll, you can kind of tell. And I think that's what I always loved about your work too, is I remember when you first started getting into your whole abstract thing, I remember seeing you just doing like the like digital layouts and stuff on Illustrator and like sketching around. And then once you started taking them into like the big form paintings and then seeing you use stuff like the electrical tape and things like that, like, I don't know, I've always thought that was super cool about your work. And Thanks, man. I think that I've definitely take like inspiration from you doing stuff like that too, just trying to work, I don't know, different sorts of materials and stuff and like that. Appreciate that, dude. Yeah, it's it's been equally as cool watching it's it's so cool that's why like the couple podcasts i've had with people like lizzie for instance it's so cool to see as our progression through art school you know in a beginning stage we were all just kind of trying to figure out what we're doing Mm -hmm. maybe what our style and whatnot is so it's really cool to see like i knew you just from having classes with you and like we Mm -hmm. were just buddies just on buddy to buddy basis before we knew you know, what style or what kind of art we even make. Like, we're just like, all right, dude, uh, design history, I guess, or whatever classes we had. So it's been super cool for me to just observe where different people in our class have gone and kind of things that they do. Mm -hmm. You know, like Parker, for instance, is like doing these like highly refined digital. I mean, I just feel like Parker is so much of a better designer than I will ever Yeah, he be. crushes it. <laughs> I just, he just, he's, he's the type of guy who just loves design like with his entire being. Yeah. And you know, I, I liked design enough to like take the classes and like get through college and whatnot, but I always was feeling like I want to do something else other than like put together a website or like, not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It just didn't get me going. Like I kind of wanted it to. Yeah. I think that's been really cool too, to see with like you and Lizzie and stuff and, like Nate Storm, just like everyone who's taken the basis of what they've learned from design and used that, applying that in like different ways, like paintings or sculpture or Lizzie's even talking about doing something stand up and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, wild. It's really cool to see everyone get into that stuff and then use that as like a basis and seeing how they can apply that into like different aspects. Yeah, it's super dope. <clears throat> yeah, there was this dude, um, I think his name is Alex as well. I can't remember his last name, but he was buddies with like Armand and, like Nathan Storm and a bunch of other people in that mm. circle. And he just released like this cool video that him, Armand and uh, Jacob Mullins went to like Kentucky or something. And dude, it's like beautifully shot. Like, I mean, I'd, I'd had conversations with that dude, like just at Heron every now and again and had no idea like he could put together like stunning documentary style footage. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's, it's just crazy <laughs> to see like people who you have these classes with that, you know, they're doing creative stuff past school. Yeah. That far exceeds like even where they were, what they were doing in school. Yeah. I don't even remember what that dude's major was, but like, (laughs) I mean, if he's a Heron, we didn't have like a video production program. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was in painting or, or what he was doing, but I don't know. It's just really cool to see that type of stuff. And like, especially that's what I really resonate with your work too, being that you've taken the digital to this analog side and you also have your background with music, which I'd also love to talk to as well. You know, how does, how does your music stuff type kind of funnel into your artwork and and kind of vice versa? So the music stuff, um, I've been playing guitar for a long time, probably since I was like nine or 10 or whatever. I'm not like insanely good, but it's always just been like super fun. Um, I don't know, really, I guess I would say, when I was in a band in high school, we just were like acoustic guitars 
And I remember we'd always like write and practice and stuff strictly on acoustics. So since we didn't have like pedals and things like that, we were always trying to make the music sound as interesting as possible, just like clean, like on acoustic guitar. So I think that is something that I've taken into like, how can I make <clears throat> a one color logo or just like a design that's going to be on a t-shirt or whatever be as interesting as possible without it being like chaotic and noisy and just like over the top. So I think that is definitely something that I've learned with music, especially with music too. A lot of the stuff that I like write on guitar is just me like goofing around until I hear a couple chords that I like or whatever. So I think that's the same thing with my art. Like I never set like whenever I start working on something, there's never a goal in mind. I just kind of make something until I like it. And I don't know. I think that could be part of why sometimes I'm like always trying to make more. Cause I never really like am super into anything after I make it. Cause I just make it so quick. And then I'm like, all right, now time to make something else. <laughs> How do you feel after starting? Is it, is it thanks dummy or just dummy? Uh, it's dummy, but dummy. the like website and Instagram is thanks dummy. So I kind of like calling it thanks dummy too. Cause I, I think that sounds funny. funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I found that page just on my like explore page or something on Instagram. Mm. And I don't think I knew that you were doing those at first. Oh really? I was just like, dang dude, these are fire. I was going to say Instagram does a good job at like ratting people out before they want to share stuff. <laughs> yeah, dude, really <laughs> yeah. You start some new account and it's like, Hey, everyone, you know, <laughs> yeah. this thing you're just now trying to get <laughs> off the ground and everyone's like, what is this? But yeah, Thank I saw, you. I saw the dummy stuff at first and was super duper impressed, man. Cause like I'd seen, I'd seen you post a couple clothing things here and there mm -hmm. um but it was cool to see it like put concrete into like almost a brand package with yeah. a whole aesthetic and a whole you know like sharing platform that has all of it i mean all the pictures that you have of each garment is taken with like a cool background and it, it just seems super professional and i can definitely see it growing far beyond where it is right now too so thanks props, man. man thank you so much i'm i'm super impressed and uh how do you I mean, this might just be like a printmaking question. How do you like, like in printmaking, don't you need like a dark room or something to like make the screen? Yes. Yeah, so How do you do that? Like at home or do you have a studio or is that all at Cathead Press? It's all at Cathead. I've been a key holder at Cathead for maybe like two years now and Cathead's great. They have the full like exposure unit, darkroom area. They have um, like the carousel where you print t-shirts at. They have like a litho station there too, but Cathead's always been super cool. And I mean, I'll go there and I also have like a little four color press at home. So sometimes if I'm feeling it, I'll just go expose screens and then I'll go home and print. But I have like a little upstairs room that's just like destroyed with t-shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> that's <laughs> but awesome. It's just like half and half depending on what I'm feeling. If I want to like hang out at Cathead or if I want to go hang out at home and print. But Heck yeah, <clears throat> yeah Cathead is great. Yeah, dude, I, I, I feel like many different podcasts I've had and just people I've talked to that they sing the praises of Cathead pretty frequently. Yeah, I feel like they do so much for the community. Like I was seeing that they were doing a pop-up yesterday for this like hot dog thing called Thin Glizzy and they were like printing merch like on site and I know they've done it before at Record Store Day and things like that and they've always had like really cool shows and I don't know, Liz and Dom have always been like super inviting and supportive and everything. That's awesome, <clears> man. Yeah, it's so cool to have people in our city that are doing cool stuff like that and providing awesome services for artists to just like you know come in do their thing mm. and uh yeah i just feel like those types of things help everybody you know yeah 100 percent. um tell us a little about nothing club your band yeah so nothing club i think we started that like four years ago in school um 
We've been a little inactive lately, but we're working on some new stuff right now. Just me, my buddy Forrest, um, our buddy Cam, and James. It's just four of us. It's just like, I don't know, rock music, I guess. Kind of sounds like basement-ish is like what we usually listen to. Um, I don't know, me and my buddy Forrest have been friends for a little while now, and we just always liked all the same music, so we just like gradually started hanging out more and writing music and stuff, and then we recorded a three-song EP a couple years back called Bad Dream House, and then we're working on some stuff right now, and we're hopefully going to release like two or three EPs this year with like three or four songs apiece. That's what's up. How would you say the creative process differs from being a musician and then being like a printmaker or designer? I guess they're similar-ish. I'm not super... I don't have like very good craftsmanship, I feel like, a lot of stuff that I do. So, I don't know. It's all pretty loose. The creative process for writing for Nothing Club was definitely like a learning curve because we were like, should we write with everybody or should we write? So that took a little bit of time. And now it's... What we mainly do is like me and Forrest will hang out together and we'll have like riffs and stuff and we'll just play them for each other and we'll just like screw around until we come up with something that we like and then we'll share that with everyone and sort of riff and get everyone's ideas and sort of refine from there so I think that's something that I take in mind when I'm doing art is I'll just make a few things and then I'll start laying them out on just like t-shirt mock-ups or whatever and see what I like and see what else I can do to it like I recently got an airbrush gun so I'll like just goof around and airbrush t-shirts and stuff and see how I can make that interact without it being like too over the top that's super dope man yeah, I, I've always been super interested because, like, the creative process for, for musicians is such a... Well, if you're in a band, it's very collaborative mm-hmm. versus when you're just, like, doing your own thing as an artist, you know, you're really the creative director of what you decide to do. So, yeah, you know, it's it seems like maybe when you are solo, you create a bunch of riffs or a bunch of rhythms or concepts or maybe even lyrics, and then you come together with with your bandmates and you kind of just like throw them out there and then see how they land Mm. and then from there they'll be like oh like what if we add this on top of this and then eventually it becomes like this mesh of a bunch of different minds which is super duper cool dude yeah that's awesome thanks man i always wanted to be in a band but (laughs) i mean let's do it (laughs) dude i don't know what it would be preposterous i'd always played like i got a a really crappy little squire guitar Mm. from sam ash music store oh nice and like probably maybe my freshman year of high school and dude i played the crap out of that thing like it's just a crappy basic guitar that's like not anything nice whatsoever and i would put like the thickest gauge strings on that thing (laughs) possible and i would tune it down to like drop g (laughs) and like try to play like the filthiest metal possible (laughs) on that thing your strings are just falling off your guitar Dude, it was crazy. I got these guitar picks that were, um, I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're like, they're called Gator picks. And it's like a guitar pick, but it's like super thick, dude. Oh, like, yeah. Ultra thick. Yeah. And I would just break strings all the time. like Just like punching your guitar. Yeah, dude. I, <laughs> dude, I could make that Squire sound nasty. That's all I can say. I love that. But I ended up selling that at a garage sale or something for like $20, which is honestly what it was worth after I put it through everything it went through. Yeah, for sure. But... Yeah, playing music's fun, dude. There's a there's a cool sense of I don't know, it's like it's it's a weird conglomeration and of 
just all the different music that you take in, it just kind of spills out of you in a certain way. And mm-hmm. in a way, it's kind of similar to being an artist. You know, you have all these influences, all these different things that you're interested in, and then it like spills out through the lens of you. You know, like I always found that super interesting. And it, it's it's harder for me with music because if you're into music at a certain level, like the stuff you create just sounds like that music you're into. Yeah. You know, so how do you separate that? Like as your guys's band, you know, like you said, you have certain bands that you like, mm. how do you make your own off of stuff that you're inspired by? Uh, even, even as an artist, it's yeah. hard. I was going to say, I don't know a lot of, of me, I guess more recently I will set out with something in mind and be like, we should try to do something that's similar to this. But I think it's just sort of trying to take an amalgamation of like a couple different things that we're into and, like squeezing it together to make it sound new Hmm. and i don't know sometimes you'll come up with a riff and you'll be like this sounds too similar so we should try to change it up and honestly it's just really cool riffing with other dudes that have different tastes in music but similarly so i'll come up with a riff or something and then forrest will take it and he'll just completely play he'll take the same like basic structure of it but change the way it's played that will just like give it a completely new sound and that's been super cool um i don't know i feel like i play a lot of like rhythm guitar so i've it's similar to my art where it's just like really stripped down and just trying to make something like quick and concise. Hmm. So having guys that are like, can put a lot of flavor on it is really cool. <laughs> that's tight, man. Yeah. That's super cool. I bet a band is an interesting dynamic of very talented folk who can whip stuff up and, and build. And like you said, add some flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely fun hanging out with dudes that are like everyone in our band is like insane musicians. Like our drummer James is, incredible and then our singer forrest he's like not only such a shredder on guitar but he's like such an amazing voice i feel bad playing the rhythm guitar because <laughs> like you should also you should like, be shredding two guitars yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man and my buddy cam so i recorded a song for uh the new dummy release i was like a year ago i wanted to just work on like a little solo project i had a couple like songs that i was working on um, and my buddy Cam, he goes by Silent Bloom. Check him out. Um, he helped me record that, and then just add so much to it. And all the stuff that he does is insane. He, it's all him. He records it all himself. He produces it, and I don't know. Just seeing the way he works too, adding so much detail throughout his music is I don't know, super inspiring and cool to see. That's awesome, man. Do you guys? go somewhere to record or do you record your own stuff or how does that process work uh, i always f- wondered because i feel like that stuff's mad expensive if you go yeah somewhere. the first time we recorded we actually recorded with west of boy and uh <laughs> that was funny because that's how i got into i like designed the initial like layout for his uh ice cream containers nice and yeah i think i think my buddy forrest just had n- knew about some of his releases and we reached out to him and he ended up just being like a super cool dude and we recorded with him <clears throat> And then more recently, we recorded with uh, another guy named Wes, who I believe does sound at the Hi-Fi. I'm not 100% sure. Our buddy James got us that one. Do they but have their own like studio or something? Both of those instances were just out of their house, but they had like insanely nice setups there. But the next time we're going to go to record, I think we're going to go to this guy's like new studio. That's sick. But yeah, Wes used to have a really sick... Um, Is Wes the Circles ice cream guy? Yeah, Wes the boy. That's dope. I didn't know he did music and stuff. Yeah. So uh, that's how we met him. And initially it was really fun recording with him because we'd record the full day or whatever. And then he'd be like, do you guys want to try some weird ice cream I've been working on? And that was like right when Circles was 
first getting started and then that's where i ended up mentioning that i did design work and he's like you want to help me take a crack at designing some labels he had a logo and everything so i like helped him just like figure out like a layout stuff that's dope i had yeah. no idea that you did that man that's yeah. super cool <laughs> yeah Wes is what a weird cool dude. wild connection i know right <laughs> i didn't even know that dude did any like music stuff is he in a band i don't think so he just like record and yeah i think he just records um yeah, I know he's recorded a lot of stuff, and I don't know what he recorded for us. Like, sounded super good. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I, I listened to your guys' EP. It was dope. Thanks, dude. <laughs> super good. Yeah, I'm I'm always inspired by people who have their own their own field that they like really pursue and they really know the nitty gritty of what they're doing. Because, mm-hmm. like, for instance, with this podcast, like, I just have two cruddy like USB mics, and like, it's been a cluster <laughs> on my computer just trying to like. I don't know. Figure out how to record two USB mics at once. Like I'm, I don't know. I'm gonna be honest. I'm an idiot, <laughs> dude. You're doing great. They've all sounded good. I've listened. Thanks, I think man. I've listened to every episode you put out so far. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it, dude. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like me knowing just the basic basics about maybe mics, I have to. I feel like I've, I don't even know the basic, <laughs> basics about mics. I don't know how a microphone works whatsoever. I just plug it into the computer and hit record. Essentially, I mean that's we, how you got to do it. That's how I am with stuff. I'm not like. Everything I do, I'm not really well-versed in anything. I just kind of try to figure it out as I go along. <laughs> That's why I respect people like like Wes, if he's recording for like you guys. like You have to have such a knowledge set to put all that stuff together and do it in a way that doesn't sound like turd. Yeah, he does everything on such a high level, too. Like, all the ice cream and everything. Like, that dude is always going out and, or was always going out and doing, like, pop-ups, like, before the whatever. But, yeah, I don't know. That dude is always doing so much work. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Where do you think you got your like DIY process from like just approaching stuff with not a whole lot of knowledge per se, and then just like winging it and coming up with your own stuff? Where do you get that from? Um, I think definitely probably like my dad and my brother, my dad has always been real. Like I can just make it happen sort of mentality. Like he's a mechanic for the post office and growing up he would just like, yeah, I can fix whatever I can do, whatever. Like I'll build you a skate ramp. I'll do this and that we can, I don't know. Anything's possible. Yeah. So my dad has always had like a super DIY ethic, like the least bothered and like, we'll just make it happen. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's awesome. <laughs> and then my brother too, like growing up, he always played in punk bands and stuff like that too. So I think I definitely took some of that from him too. Like seeing him and his friends, like my mail get just t-shirts. arrived and it scared the living <laughs> I saw them coming up. <laughs> I should have given you the heads up. Oh, you're good. You said uh, your brother was in a punk band? Yeah, my Is brother. Is he older or younger than you? He's older than me. He's uh, seven years older than me. Dang. But yeah, he played in punk bands growing up. So like him showing me how to play the guitar and him like getting me into <clears throat> like music and all sorts of bands and stuff like that. Like, I think that definitely also helped him shape me having just more of like a DIY aesthetic. Like I'll just get it done. Like I don't feel like waiting to do it. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, my older brother Patrick is around probably seven-ish years older as well. Oh, like, no way. I'm sure you and I have a similar experience where I would always get his like hand me down MP3 players with like all this wild stuff on it. Yep. <laughs> and, like I'm I'm sitting on the school bus. Shout out to Nathan Storm because uh, he had an older brother too, and uh, Nathan and I were like the only weird kids on the bus who just had all this like metal and like old Eminem and just all this crazy stuff on our MP3 players. <laughs> like all the kids in class are like, I like Disney. I like you know spongebob and stuff and nathan are like oh dude have you listened to the new like lamb of god album <laughs> you know we're in like third grade or something dude that's how i was too my brother got me into the mars volta when i was like nine years old i remember like bringing my friends over to play them that and be like this is i don't even know what i'm listening to <laughs> 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 that 
Like, yeah, but isn't it awesome? That's <laughs> yeah, crazy, man. I remember I had um, Biggie Smalls, Big Papa on an MP3 player in probably fourth grade or something. <laughs> that rules. Yeah, it was this... Uh, I'm trying to remember what the... Dude, MP3 players were such an era. <clears throat> you know? Like, yeah. MP3 players with the... And then you had the CD that you could just plug your headphones into. The CD-ROM player. Oh, yeah. The little Walkman. Yeah, those were dope, too. <laughs> and the... What was it? The cassette for your car with the yep, little... Yep. Dude, I rocked that until my most recent car. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I love that. Because my dad had, like, this FM modulator. Do you know what those are? I think so, where you could, like, transmit from your phone or whatever. So... <laughs> yeah. So if you don't have a cassette for, like, an aux cord, mm -hmm. you basically plug it into the power of your car and then it transmits to just like you know like when you're switching the radio there's like some channels that are just like static oh you just pick one of those and yeah so yeah. It, it just chooses one of those static channels and throws it on there but a lot of times like the car just skips past those ones that are static mm -hmm. so like sometimes you can't exactly find a channel that's fully clear it's like especially if you're going on a road trip with that thing like you'll start <laughs> listening to music and it sounds clear and then like you round a corner and it just like it's your music mashed with like country or something. I was going to say you're accidentally making mashups. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible mashups. Yeah, man. I, I loved having an MP3 player in like elementary school, middle school. I remember discovering that you could use those like the cassette things on an actual like boom box that you can carry around. I was like, Magic. this makes so much sense, but um, this is crazy. <laughs> I never understood how that crap works. Like you plug a cassette into the car and then there's a cord that goes to yeah. like your iPod. Like, what is happening in that thing? <laughs> this is also kind of unrelated, but it blew my mind the other day when I heard, apparently with old like PS2 and PS1 games, if you would put the game into your CD player, it would just play the soundtrack for the game. Yeah, what? Yeah, I had no idea that was a thing. It's probably just loading <laughs> like the audio files from the game or something. Yeah, like. for sure. <laughs> Dang, that's sick. Did you play a lot of video games growing up? uh yeah for sure i played a bunch of like ps2 like tony hawk's pro skater and grand theft auto and stuff like that classics i was never like super super into gaming but i would play a lot of like tony hawk and stuff like that <laughs> did you ever play atv off-road fury i'm sure i have but i don't Dude, think i remember it it, it was know. like rocket league before rocket league was ever a video game oh that's dope <laughs> so like you, you were just like each each character you were on like a dirt bike or a four-wheeler or something and it would spawn like a huge basketball in the middle of like this huge map. <laughs> and then you'd have to try to like run into the basketball and push it into the goal. And then you get a point or whatever. That's awesome. I don't know. It, it was super <laughs> dumb. It was just like some ATV game where like you, it's like motocross or whatever, but yeah, they had that small game variant that like you could do hockey. So like the ground was ice Oh, and nice. like your cars don't have much traction because the ice is slippery obviously. And so you're trying to push the puck into the goal with a four-wheeler oh it was super dumb like, <laughs> i occupied my mind with like years of playing that game yeah um yeah dude that crap was fun yeah definitely <laughs> um another thing i was going to ask about was it seems like you've also delved into animation a little bit too mm -hmm. after school or maybe even during school how did you get into that stuff and like what was that like uh yeah i think it was definitely after school we did a couple projects in school but for work I want to say, I think I, I don't know if at one point I had some downtime or something. Um, and I just wanted to start to learn a little bit. And then I think I was just really trying to throw myself into it in projects at work and stuff, trying to learn it more and more. So I was just trying to see whatever I could do. Um, just trying to learn like after effects and just doing tutorials and stuff like that. 
Where so, would you do tutorials at? Just like YouTube? Um, yeah, YouTube. And then what was that? I did a couple Skillshare ones too. Trying to do like character animation or whatever. But I think it was just trying to get to learn something new. Because I've always worked in like Illustrator and Photoshop and that. So I figured I would try to learn something else. And I mean, it's super compatible with Illustrator. So it's really like daunting to look at just because there's so much going on. But once you get the basis of it, it's not as terrible. Not like I'm a crazy animator or anything, but I can make something move. Yeah, you make some cool stuff, man. I've been super impressed because I, I don't know. I know enough about animation to know that I absolutely, it's not for me. It's so <laughs> yeah, much it's work. It's hard, dude. Yeah. Like, and I just know enough to like cheat around it to make it look more interesting than it really is. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, it's, it, I remember we had to do our animation in like VC, VC 2 or 3. We had to animate our app or something or our mobile app that we designed. Oh, yeah. Dude, that was so hard for me. Took twice as long as designing the app. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just trying to get my stupid cursor to like move across the screen. And, and it's click. like a thousand keyframes. I'm like, okay, this is, this is rough. But, dude, when I worked at my agency that I worked at after college, there was this dude named Joe who was just like the motion graphics guy on staff. Dude. You could just give him like like static jpegs or something or like just a couple assets of different text and he's like hey like i put this together based on like the stuff you made like what do you think and it's beautiful just incredible like just straight up <laughs> polish that turd to like the fullest shine possible you know stuff like that is when i realize i'm not actually good at animation was when people are like yeah here i whip this up in 10 minutes dude it's like okay cool <laughs> yeah man like you remember parker's like music video animation that he put together oh yeah i, I think i watched it recently because i'm like dude it kicked ass yeah dude <laughs> compared to everything else we did i was like dang dude i suck yeah, that was wild man that is one funny thing though about trying to get into it at work is i was like always volunteering like yeah i'll do this blah 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 and then now sometimes i'll be on my desk and i'll just hear from across and I'm like yeah alex can do it like, <laughs> what <laughs> sick dude thanks <laughs> that's wild man do you print out stuff that you make for your printmaking from your digital assets? Like I'm assuming you design it on the computer and then I don't know, somehow get it to the printmaking form. How does that work? Oh yeah. So, so I'm a everything making idiot dude. So. Oh no, for <laughs> I'm sure. I'm just asking out of pure curiosity. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I'll have it in mind that it's going to be printed. So I'll have in mind like the layers and stuff. And then I'll just separate that stuff out. Like you sent me a file to print before you had it down. And then basically I'll just... I just sent you an Illustrator file. <laughs> but you had you it. Were like, you were like, yeah, I'll make that into a shirt. I was like, thanks. You had it branded and everything. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then I'll just either print it at my house. I have like a little printer or I'll get it. If I need to print it a little bit larger, I'll go to like FedEx or whatever to get it printed out. And then I'll just take that in a cat head and then take it in their dark room and expose the screen and all that good stuff. That's dope. <clears throat> Are there any photographers that use cat head as like the dark room area or is it strictly for like screen printing? Uh, that darkroom area is just for screen printing, but, uh, Brooke, she has her studio in the front and she actually just converted like what used to be a kitchen into a dark room. Yo. And yeah, it looks so sick. She put so much work on that. She like painted all the walls black and literally got like duvetine and made a drop ceiling. Like it's Dang. so sick. She's got like enlargers and stuff. So that's crazy. I think that'll be like more operational pretty soon here. Which she's be been doing some really cool stuff too. Yeah, her work is insane. Like the way she uses color and lighting and all that stuff is. Did she major incredible in photo? Yeah, she graduated with a photo degree. Dope. Yeah, and then she does like digital and film, and she's always teaching me about new 
digital and film processes and all that kind of stuff. Like we'll have, we probably have like 15 cameras at our house. That's wild. Like Polaroid and land cameras and I don't know. It, she seems like she delves in the analog world too, like shooting film, actual film versus like digital stuff too, right? Yeah, that's always been sort of her thing. Like she just some digital just to keep up the practice or whatever, but fit actual film is like her thing. And I don't know, she just loves like the textileness of it and actually getting in there and developing her own film and then the texture and stuff that it brings to photography. <clears throat> and I think like, I think that some of her work is inspired by like the light leaks and stuff that you get in photography. Mm-hmm. Cause she uses so much like bright colors. Like she has such an understanding of color theory that is insane to me. That's mm-hmm. awesome, man. Yeah. Her work's really, really dope. It, it's cool to see both you guys styles and how they influence one another too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That first uh, dummy drop that I did, basically all the art directing the photography was her because i was just like i want to do a, like a lookbook thing or whatever and she's like well, what should we do and i was like i don't know <laughs> and so she seriously ran that whole thing she got all the models together she helped me come up with what like the backdrops are going to be she did like all the directing and stuff Dang. And i was super stoked on how all that turned out dude it all looks super good thank <clears> you so much no i problem, think the man. presentation is more of what i've been concerned about of the brand versus like actually trying to sell and make money or stuff. Mm. I've just always wanted everything to look like super clean. And how know. did you come up with dummy? Like what, what sparked that idea and the name? Um, so I've always just wanted to do a brand and I've always just tried to come up with different names throughout the years and never anything that I like <clears throat> stuck. And then I don't know. I always think dummy is like a funny word, like a funny endearing word. Like you can't say dummy or call someone the dummy without smiling. Like it's, I think that, the nature of it is just like sort of goofy. And like I said earlier, I think I dress kind of dumb sometimes. So I think it all just sort of works its way together. <laughs> that's dope, man. And it's just funny. Like now people are running around with shirts that say dummy. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That kind of nods back to the odd future stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. They were super wacky doing all kinds of wild colorways. Yeah. Like neon greens and pinks together and stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I never take myself or my art process too seriously, so I think that just a name that's a little bit more playful is always something I've wanted to do. Because, hmm. I don't know, I'd make art just to have fun. It's not like, I'm never saying anything super deep with my art. It's just like having fun and trying to have make other people have fun and stuff like that. <laughs> nice, dude. That That's admirable for sure. <laughs> where do you see yourself and Dummy and your band and whatnot, where do you see those things in the next, let's say, five, ten years or something? And not to sound like, Hey bro, what's your favorite? Plan? <laughs> but like, you know, what, like in essence, what's your favorite plan? <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're gonna be selling at Walmart. Um, a couple, oh, sick, dude. couple gold albums. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm like, trying to go platinum. Bro. <laughs> yeah, just go platinum once or twice. You know, like headline Wembley. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just want to in five or ten years, just keep doing it. Hopefully, dummy's still going in some form or fashion. Just keep making stuff. Um, <clears throat> same thing with the band never like I'm not saying there's not too high hopes for anything but I mean right now it's just about having fun and keeping it going that's so. what's up dude nothing wrong with that by any means at all I think some of the best stuff comes from that anyways like the more you try to commercialize it to a certain point the more you just bog it down and it's not about the purity that it was when you first started doing it anymore yeah definitely. like some bands like that's why some of their first couple albums are like so solid because like they're just getting out what they want to communicate 
then once they have like a record producer and stuff and they're like, Hey, like, well, what if we like do an album that sounds like this? And they're like, Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. They either, if you're paying for it, I guess <laughs> they either like reinvent or they do just like the same album over and over again. Oh yeah. That's rough too. <laughs> Dang. And yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes too, that's why with the next drop that I'm going to come out with clothes, I've had a hard time with like, should I make something super over the top? That's like completely airbrushed front to bottom or whatever. Or should I do something a little more simplistic? It's like, I want to do some of the simplistic things, but also I'm literally just doing it to have fun. So I don't know. Printing one color black on a t-shirt isn't as fun as like, I'm going to spray paint a smiley face on it or whatever. <laughs> nice. Yeah. The, I feel like the landscape of different shirts and different <clears throat> like DIY sort of clothing things are, it's a pretty vast network of people doing different stuff. Yeah. I've especially have been seeing a lot of really cool like brands I don't know, doing different things that I've never seen before. Like there's a brand I like a lot called cheat and snakes and he'll do like gold theme drops behind. Like I think he did one called UFO club recently. And the whole thing was like, he did like a video and a lookbook that were like kids out in the like woods looking for UFOs and stuff like that. And so he'll just like make these whole little worlds. And <clears throat> I always thought that was like super cool and like, just like such a unique way to, I don't know. It doesn't, that's one thing too. That's never stuck. Cause like, I didn't want to do a brand cause I get, kind of bored of things quickly hmm. but seeing people do stuff like that where it doesn't have to just be one thing like you can do whatever offshoots is i've always thought was really interesting that's dope man yeah the imagery that you use for dummy is interesting too like where where do you think some of that stuff comes from some of it's a bit like dark which is good i like that yeah so like where do you where do you pull that stuff from i think mostly all of it is from like song lyrics and stuff just like other names of songs or like specific lyrics I'll pull out. And I think the thing is to see some of it probably looks a little more dark than it is, but it's actually rooted in something that's like kind of funny. Yeah. Like, super light. Like that, the fake vampire fang shirt that I did was just like a grown up song. <laughs> Dang. Is that the one that has like the knife with the vampire teeth? Yeah. Yeah. Like I that looks, that, one. that one's dope. That looks real dark, but it's just like a grown up song. Just like a pop punk band or whatever. <laughs> that's sick. Yeah, when I saw you post it, I was like, dude, it's crazy. Like, I'm just <laughs> Thanks, like, it's, it's a wild visual to just like see on a shirt. You yeah. Know? I, I, that's what I like about it, too. Not that I'm trying to do anything too crazy, but I don't know. It's subtle enough, mm -hmm. which is, I think, what, what I resonated with, too, because I'm not too flashy of a dude, per se. Yeah, definitely. So, Down yeah, with, it's literally just like pulling like lyrics and like. I don't know, because I feel like whenever I'm like, I'm going to sit down and make art. I'm like, well, now I don't know what to do. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I like, I'll get like a little visual from a song or like, I'll just get one lyric and then I'll like start to look up like pictures and stuff and just what, man start manipulating. What types of songs or <clears throat> what type of music do you pull some of those from? Basically whatever I'm listening to at the time. Um, I don't know, like lately I've been listening to like Animal Collective, which is like an electronic band or like Amine is a rapper. So I get like pretty eclectic with whatever I'm listening to at the time. I've just like phases where I'll listen to a band into the ground until I can't listen to them anymore. So I think that's why I hop around genres quite a bit. I'll just run it into the ground. <laughs> what type of genres? Um, like rap or indie rock or I don't know. It just really depends. It's like a, I said, I'll listen to like a bunch of M like Amine and Denzel Curry and stuff like that. And then I'll go into listening to like the Mars Volta or God's hate. Like I just kind of like all over the board. <clears throat> That's what's up, man. Yeah. Music definitely for me influences a lot of the creative process. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, I, I try to, especially when I'm listening to music in the studio and painting, like listen to stuff that's, I wouldn't say repetitive, but it kind of puts you in a bit of a trance sometimes. Yeah. And so I can't do music that has like vocals with it per se too much either. Oh, really? Yeah. <clears> like I, I've always found, and actually this is something I want to talk to you about too. I found that people who are into music resonate with certain elements of the music mm-hmm. and a lot of folks tend to be like the lyric type or like the bands that they like they're like oh i just love the message like the, the the lyrics how they sing it like that's what i love and then there's people like me for instance who it's like i oh, dude i don't even care what they're talking about they can be <laughs> talking about anything and if like if it sounds tight then sick like i'm down with the rhythm the instrumentation of the band like that's what i super duper resonate with so mm. some of my favorite bands are actually instrumental bands oh really yeah it's like where do you think you lie in that um <clears throat> i'm not super into like yeah the message behind this is great but it's kind of all over the board like some bands i think it, it's definitely just like a mesh of everything that i like but there are some bands where i'm like i listen to this band because i love like Joyce Manor, I like their lyrics a lot because they're all like really simplistic or the Mars Volta, their instrumentals are insane. The Arctic Monkeys is like one of my favorite band. And I think something I like about that band is the whole presentation is there. Like their music is really good. The lyrics are there. The music videos, like the whole, the packaging, they're a band that like I'm super into pro wrestling and really? yeah. And I think that is something I like about the bands that I like you can tell when a band really cares about all that stuff when it's like top to bottom, like the merch, the album covers, the music, just like, it's all just like such a tight presentation. Hmm. Pro wrestling. That's wild. Yeah. I'm super into pro wrestling. I was going to say, have you always uh, been since you were a kid? Yeah. So when I was real young, I was pretty into it and then fell out for a while. And then maybe like six or seven years ago, I saw they were going to be in Chicago and somebody's I worked with like, we should go. It'd be pretty funny. And then I just had so much fun that like the next night I was like, well, I'll start watching a little bit here and there. And now it's like every day I'm watching wrestling and like listening to podcasts and stuff. Really? Like, I feel like honestly more when I work, I listen to wrestling podcasts than I'm listening to music. That's wild. Like I'll pull the inspiration from lyrics and stuff like that. But a lot of times I'll have like matches on in the background or stuff. It's good background music. (laughs) Pro wrestling, dude. I feel like I have a couple buddies that are like pro wrestling fans, Uh but like I never really understood it. Like I've never really watched one or gotten into it per se like what's i don't even know what the question i'm trying to ask is i guess refresh me a little about pro wrestling if you take someone that thinks they don't like pro wrestling to a show they'll be like oh this is gonna be goofy like it's so fake and then by the end of the show they'll be like screaming and like hollering and stuff (laughs) like i've taken a couple buddies like locally and they're like yeah it'll be fun and then by the end of the show like they're getting into it and they're like yelling like get that man an uber like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know the whole thing is just like super theatrical and fun like like i said i don't know the presentation of like the wrestlers is super cool and i don't know if you're into like the marvel like mcu i guess there's like a similar appeal there where it's like anime or superheroes or whatever it's just Mm. like i don't know it's just super fun and entertaining and just like goofy to watch and i don't know like the backstage stuff is like just as interesting as like the actual wrestling itself are they they're still keeping on even in 2021 since the nineties and whatnot, or has it slowed? Yeah. They haven't, they didn't even stop running shows in the beginning of the pandemic. Like they were just running in like an empty building. <laughs> like it was not, yeah, it's nuts. Like the WWE is like just as big as it's ever been. And there's new promotions and stuff popping up like AEWs on TNT. 
Wow. And I don't know. I feel like there's just like such an abundance of good wrestling right now. And like I said, it's super good as like background noise. Like instead of flipping through Netflix for 45 minutes to find something, I could just put on a match and zone out and just look up for a few minutes and okay, mm-hmm. that was cool. And then I can tune back out or whatever. That's wild. man. <laughs> That's cool to hear that they've like kept it going for so long. Yeah. Yeah. It's sweet. <laughs> you think it's one of those things like you can't really understand it until you go to one. Yeah, I definitely think that's mm. probably the case. Cause I don't know. When was the first match you went to? The first time I went to wrestling live, I was probably like eight or nine or something, like with my dad and my brother. Dude, you were probably like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My dad used to take me all the time in uh, Valpo, Valparaiso, Indiana, like up north. Just like go, and they did it in like the at the university up there. But yeah, I don't know. It's something that you'll always hear people like, it's so fake. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> but yeah i don't know it is the thing that like once you're actually there and you see it i don't know i've i've done to other people it's like different things that will get you into it but i don't know when you're there you're like this is rad like one of the wrestlers right now his theme song is code orange and really? another one is like that band incendiary from new york word like i don't know there's yeah, like I've seen them before so much insane influences in wrestling it's nuts it's crazy <laughs> Then there was that like CM Punk dude or whatever who went to like UFC and like got killed. God, yeah, got crushed. <laughs> That's wild, dude. Because like a bunch of those guys, I'm sure, are actually like trained in like legitimate martial arts outside of that too. Yeah, they'll do like scouting and stuff too, like Olympic wrestling and things like that, hmm. or like football players and stuff like that. That's crazy. I saw a clip somewhere of you might even know what it, what it was from, but it was there was like a guy and he's on a table like on his back like exhausted or like just got beat up or something and like one of the wwe guys or something goes on top of like the whole cage that the whole fight is taking place in and like jumps from like this banister thing onto the guy on the table from like dude it looked like 30 feet oh yeah i don't know how they live (laughs) (laughs) i know right is that is that part of it too is just like they're doing all these crazy stunts and it's i mean i'm sure just as a performance it's like wow like they had to have practiced that a lot to be able to do that and like get up. Yeah. I think that's definitely part of it. I mean, I don't know. Just seeing them do like when you watch like a cage match or something, just like the spectacle of it is like, this is so absurd, but it's so cool. <laughs> that's wild, man. When I worked downtown, um, the parking lot next to where I worked had, it was like whenever they would do huge shows or like the circus and stuff, they would park all the semis for, whatever event is going on so like Mm -hmm. i remember i would just like walk to get lunch and just see like tons of semis with like dudes with like you know the wrestling uniform which is basically no uniform oh yeah on like these semis and there's like explosions (laughs) behind them and stuff and i was like this is crazy this is still going on you know yeah dude and another fandom too like back to the t-shirt thing like if i'll wear a wrestling t-shirt out or something like someone in public is guaranteed to comment on it really? you end up like talking to a stranger for a few minutes yeah like one year i went to record store day and wore like an undertaker shirt and ended up talking to these two dudes for like an hour about wrestling <laughs> <laughs> that's sick yeah band shirts are kind of like that too you can wear a certain shirt and like i don't know i've worn like a really cutty band shirt that no one would probably know of and then someone's like dude is that a this shirt and you're like yeah and he's like oh dude sick yeah that's exactly it i think that's what i love about t-shirts and stuff is like anytime you wear a cool shirt or whatever someone's commenting on it and all of a sudden you're like friends with somebody 
Yeah, it is really fast how that works too. Like I love hearing people being like, I wore one of your shirts out today and somebody said they liked it for whatever reason. I'm like, yeah, like you wear a cool band shirt and then all of a sudden you're like best friends with some dude who's like, oh yeah, I love that band too. That's true. <laughs> Have you done band merch for people before? Um, You've done know. your guys' band know. merch, right? No. Um, our singer Forrest, his girlfriend, Jesse Issa, Jesse Issa Tattoo on Instagram. Uh, she designed that like album yeah. cover of the girl cutting her tongue off. Dude, it's wild. Yeah, that, I love that so much. <laughs> but I don't know if I've, I don't think I've done any merch for bands. I've done would you, like. Would you like to? Yeah, I would definitely be open to doing that. That'd be sweet. I've done some like single art for my buddy Cam Silent Bloom, and then just like some kids I grew up with, like rap stuff. But I'm not sure if I've ever actually done T-shirts for anybody. I did some designs for a place in Kokomo called the Coterie. They printed some T-shirts of that, but. I don't think any band merch. Hmm. That's what's <clears> up, man. Have you thought about doing like music videos or something? I think that would definitely be fun. I could see you excelling in that for sure. <laughs> Thanks, With dude. like the trippy type, like the animation chops that you have too. Yeah. I don't know. It, it seems like it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I definitely think it would even be fun to just work on something like uh, Oreo Jones and Sirius Black just came with that project, uh, Bless, and their music video. They were like, had like animation on the top of it and that was like super cool like i can't think of what i'm thinking of but there's like hand-drawn stuff on top of it like mm. just so cool to see it would be like super fun to try to do something like that that's awesome yeah they they really excelled here in indie yeah they're crushing it the music videos they've just put out with bless are like insane that's tight yeah they've like i constantly hear about those dudes stuff they've been cooking out oreo's always like on the news and stuff too like, <laughs> yeah they seem like they're definitely excelling past Indianapolis, which is dope. Like yeah. They're, they're, their following's pretty huge. They've... You know, I actually did design a t-shirt for Treese, I think, two years ago. Really? So that's kind of music merch. <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, they have... Did they have that event last year with COVID? I can't remember. No, they didn't do it last no. year. That's always popping off for sure. Found yeah. Square. I, like, went down there when it was happening and didn't know. Mm -hmm. I think I was just like, yeah... I'm going to go get dinner downtown or something. Rounded the corner. I was like, yo, something's going <laughs> on. Like, something's happening over here. Yeah, two years ago, I got to do the map and schedule for it. And then Brooke was doing photography. And that was the first time I'd ever been. And it was, like, so insane to see. Like, so many people out. And all the acts were super good. Like, it was super fun. That's sick, man. Yeah, hopefully we can get back to that at some point soon. I know. How has making art and like making music and stuff during COVID been? What's that been like? Pretty chill. Um, I have a little like home studio in my house. So I have like all my screen printing, airbrush stuff, all that kind of stuff there. And then I also have my guitars. So just run up there like throughout the day and just like play guitar for a few minutes or I don't know, do whatever. It's It's been super chill actually, like going to the... Like I live probably a mile from Cathead, so I'll just like run down there whenever and just like either expose some screens or I don't know. Whenever I'm feeling like uninspired or not working on something, I'll try to just do like one thing a day is my thing. Like whether that's buying ink or going to buy a t-shirt or even just like pricing something out. Like if I can do one thing a day, then I feel like at least I'll have like the small stuff knocked out by the time you're ready to do something big. Hmm. <clears throat> that's what's up. Well, dang, dude. I'm trying to think. Anything else we have to talk about? We could, I mean, we could honestly talk about anything for real. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Before this the podcast, we were talking about um, <laughs> the Kyle videos on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
You guys out there, if you haven't seen them, just type Kyle into YouTube. <laughs> Do you have one in particular people should watch? Uh, I feel like his interview ones are my favorite. Yeah, I think the 420 disaster one is my favorite. <laughs> I think uh, if you type in Kyle um, Lizard Convention, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just... His like, videos remind me of like Connor O'Malley. Do you ever watch him? Mm-mm. He's just like out of his mind and he'll just like run around just like screaming and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Do you feel like comedy plays into like some of your, your artwork or even music? So I don't mm. know. You're a funny dude. <laughs> Thanks, we, always, dude. we always chat and laugh. <laughs> I feel like that's what we bonded over is just like stupid humor in college. Yeah, definitely. I guess comedy does because I don't know. Like... Just literally the word dummy. I don't know. I watch a lot of like stand up or whatever. I don't know. That's not like super influenced into my stuff, but I don't know. I definitely love stand up and what kind of stand up do you listen to? Uh, just all kinds of stuff. Like I was watching a bunch of the, what was that show on HP or comedy central? I can't believe this is happening. Like oh, I'll yeah. watch a Ari bunch Shavir's of those. Thing. Yeah. A bunch of those like quick little clips or like, Some of I love Mitch. Head. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I love like Mitch Hedberg and the workaholics dudes have just started a podcast that I've been listening to a ton. That is super funny. That's a good idea for them. I know, right? They had such a cool <laughs> following, man. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite shows growing up. And that shows like hilarious, especially cause I feel like that's one of the only podcasts I listen to that just doesn't have any goal in mind. They just like get on and just start like talking. And I don't know. It's fun to just hear like people like, it's just, like, just like you're hanging out with people. <laughs> yeah, dude, definitely. Yeah. They, they they kind of rode that like skater culture too in a way like i feel like each persona of those main three characters really identified like a huge chunk of people in america basically yeah. that would resonate <laughs> with everything they do i was gonna say blake had a clothing line or does is he the frizzy haired dude yeah the huge one like that clothing line too i thought was super cool and was like pretty influential on wanting to try doing like different things like he would just do a bunch of gnarly like all over graphics yeah it's so cool he he was definitely the stylistic one of the three in that show too so it's it's wild to see where these people go yeah those types of things what was the guy um not the tall guy and Uh, not blake uh adam yeah dude he like blew up yeah he's like a movie full-on movie star now yeah (laughs) that's crazy man by the way all his movie roles are like basically who he was from that show yeah (laughs) (laughs) pretty much He's like done like red carpet events and stuff too. Didn't he like host like the Oscars or something one time? Oh yeah, I think he did like a whole musical number and everything. That's crazy, <laughs> dude. By the way, what was uh, your inspiration behind doing starting a podcast? A podcast? Uh, I just felt like I had a lot of stuff just floating in my head all the time, you know, and like creative process. How I, I don't know. It takes a lot of introspection to do art. I yeah, feel like you know, you have to maybe not on purpose, but just different life experiences you have tend to shape like what you do, mm-hmm. at least from my experience. And so, I wanted a way to kind of talk some of that stuff out, and also learn from other creatives too on things that they do and how they got their inspirations, how they got to the stuff they do. Yeah. So like, I just feel like in the creative fields, there's there's you just put stuff out on the internet, and it's just. It just sits like in the void, quietly, dude, you know, and like there's a lot of effort and years and, and trauma and pain behind like what people do. Yeah. 
so I feel like with the podcast, that's what I've liked to kind of pinpoint some of that. Um, I definitely love hearing people talk about their creative process or like seeing any bit of it that I can, like, especially what you're doing with like talking to local creatives. It's really cool. Cause so many people you've talked to, like, I love their work, like Lizzie and Emily Gable and stuff like that. It's cool to hear them talk about like what gets them inspiration, all that. Definitely dude. Also, I've always loved talking to you about art. You've always had like such a good opinion and you're very like well-spoken about what you like and why you like it. So I think that this has been like, it's super awesome. I'll let for you to talk to creatives and get them talking. Thanks homie. Yeah. I tried dude. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just out here trying to paint triangles, man. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when he's like sat in your car, like after TJ's wedding for like two hours, like we were like, we're leaving the wedding and then we just sat in your car and talked for like two hours. About <laughs> yeah. art. I, like, I think I'm friends with Alex now. <laughs> Dude, it's been wild. Like, I feel like a lot of buddies who I have over the years, like you in particular, it's crazy because, like, you go from just, like, being in a class with somebody and, like, oh, yeah, like, I know, like, Alex sits over there or something. And then, like, dude, in, like, 20 minutes, you're, like, me and Alex are friends (laughs) for sure. Like, there's just so much overlap, so much musical overlap, so much, like, art design overlap, like, how we approach art and design. Yeah, the way that happens so quickly is, like, awesome (laughs) it's wild i had a buddy in high school um (laughs) this is my favorite like (laughs) making a friend story possible um i i was in math class with him for months and had never really talked to him and um one day i think i overheard him talking about some band or something and this goes back to like wearing a band shirt and Mm -hmm. just like instantly making friends or like just having some subculture nod that like is the window to which you start a friendship yeah and so like i heard him mention a band to someone and i was like yo what did you just say like did you just say this band and he was like oh yeah and i was like dude i love that band he's like dude same (laughs) and i was like dude have you heard of this band he was like dude i love that band (laughs) and then i was like dude have you heard of this band he's like dude i hate that band i was like dude me too (laughs) and so like we just went back and forth on like Bands we absolutely loved, bands we absolutely hated, and dude, we had like tenfold the exact same music taste, dude. That, that's awesome. I love and, like, that. We were in a school where like people don't listen to stuff like that mm-hmm. typically. Like it was all just like crazy metal bands and like all kinds of death metal and stuff and like super niche music that dude, not many people at my school really listen to. And so straight up, like at the end of that conversation, I was like, dude, what are you doing like on Tuesday? He's like, dude, nothing. Like, are, we dude, are we hanging out? He's like, yeah, <laughs> like instantly, like best buds, man. And when I was mentioning like the bands that like you can tell care about their whole package of delivery, I think like you were just saying, like when you like a band like that and you like all of it, you know that when you meet someone like that, like that is into the same band, you're like, there's going to be a lot more overlap than like he just so happens to like this one weird band that mm-hmm. I like oh yeah that's just it i also just only listen to eminem besides that or whatever <laughs> like <laughs> you know that when that dude liked that band you're like oh yeah we're probably gonna be friends and he's gonna also like all this other stuff that i like <laughs> yeah it's really the life experience that's probably relatively similar that brings you to like where that band is in the middle yeah you know because even once we did become buddies like his backstory my backstory like there's definitely some overlap and some like you know similar experiences mm-hmm. so I, I think that's what i resonate with you in school too is like dude i don't know we were in design class and like we're trying to learn what we could but at the same time like i don't feel like either of us took it like overly serious you know we took it serious enough to like learn and and try to better like our design practice and whatnot Mm -hmm. i feel like we always approached it pretty light and tried to like produce good work and not like be super boastful about it per se yeah at least that's what i like to think i did (laughs) 
I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, I think we both definitely had like a more loose approach and I don't know, like yeah, that's I mean that's just how we both kind of are and then I guess that obviously like our work would end up being like that just like yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like like we would just like watch videos in class all day and like we're going to we'll just figure it out like no big deal. <laughs> yeah, I was always intimidated by people like Parker too cuz like he was so into design. I was just like, dude, just absolutely crushing it just like every project. <sighs> I hated him for it. <laughs> just kidding. Parker, shout out Parker. I I didn't hate Parker for it. I was just like, dang, dude, like I don't know if I told you this, but in high school, uh, my freshman or sophomore year, we were allowed to take a journalism class. Mm. In the journalism class, the only reason I took it is because I read in the the class description that that there's a Photoshop section. And I was like, yo, Photoshop sounds sick. (laughs) Every time I hear about Photoshop, it's like some crazy, like, you know, putting like a a lion's head on like a person or like, it was just like Photoshop seemed cool and slick at the time. Yeah. And, um, so I signed up for the class to find out that uh, it the second semester is when you do Photoshop stuff. And the whole first semester is all writing. Oh, and no. I, was like, uh, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> and, like, our journalism uh, prof- teacher, she was way too about the writing part. Like, I wrote more that semester than I have ever written in my entire <laughs> life. And I was writing about dumb crap that I did not care about. Dude. Yeah. Like... I would have to go to a basketball game and like produce an article. Oh, just like write. Com- oh man. And I'm just like, dude, I don't give a, f- like, I don't care about Doe Creek basketball. Like I don't <laughs> care, dude. Like what? But you'd be forced to do like a four page article about it. So like, I feel like I, I wouldn't say perfected, but I really sharpened the tool of like just word vomiting a bunch of stuff that I guess is an article about <laughs> something I don't care about at all. And so I pushed through that for a while just to get to the Photoshop class. And when we took the Photoshop courses, dude, it was like the most basic Photoshop imaginable. It was like, here is a basketball. It's a, it's like a picture of a basketball going to the basketball goal. And they're like, okay, crop the basketball out and make it the color of the sky so that you can't see the basketball there. And then they were like, all right, done with the Photoshop section. And I was like, what? Yeah, like, I thought up, we were going to learn it. Yeah. And so there was just a drive in me to just like, I just felt like I didn't, I I had an appetite and a hunger for more of that Photoshop knowledge. So like, instead of like sitting around and waiting for it, you're like, I'm just going to do it. Dude, I went to like, I think it was called like PSDTuts.com back in the day. It was like Mm -hmm. a Photoshop tutorial site. And I did like every tutorial possible. So like, I don't, you you know me. So, you know, like when I get into something, it's like zero to a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, if I don't like something, I'm not going to do it at all. And Uh if I like something, I'm going to do that to, like, the fullest extent (laughs) of my ability. Which is why, like, I don't don't drink. I don't do drugs specifically for the fact that if I did drink and do drugs, I would go way too hard. (laughs) Like, I would out-drink anybody. (laughs) And even if I didn't want to, I would just, like, I would have to because, like, this is what I do. Yeah. So, like, I know myself well enough to, like... pump the brakes on stuff that I know I could take too far. Not that I have anything against people who drink or do whatever, but yeah. I just know personally, like I'll just take it way too far. So I mean, it's good that you know that though. For like two summers straight in high school, I just did tutorials. Like I'd come home from school, just get on my computer and do tutorials every single day. And That's I was like, rad. I was on a, uh, I was on a, a design forum that was like this really DIY design forum where 
all kinds of people it dude it was so weird this is probably it's like be- way before reddit <laughs> yeah this was like maybe a little bit before reddit where most like subcultures and stuff had a little mm-hmm. web forum and so oddly enough a bunch of people at the time who were in these forums would want a custom signature underneath their like forum posts and so this website i was producing work on i forget what the heck it was called but long story short people from other forums would make an account on this forum and then request a signature basically for free from like a bunch of like designers who were just like photoshop nerds yeah and so i would just make like signatures for people's like forums like every day after school i basically had a (laughs) design job just like making stupid little like you know it was probably that's awesome i didn't know that 90 pixels tall by maybe 130 pixels yeah real tiny little like (laughs) jpeg signatures but dude i like i fell in love with design back then dude. did you have the ms paint phase before that uh no i did when i was real young i would just like get on the computer and like pull up an image and like trace over it that's sick i remember the first time i tried to i got like the illustrator tutorial because i think i remember way back in the day hearing like rob deerdeck designed a shoe for dc using illustrator and so i was like oh i'll try to use illustrator like i hear about the pen tool like this can't be that hard and then i remember just being like what is going on never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah you open it open a new document you're like uh what is any of this <laughs> i was like just trying to just straight draw with the pen tool and i was like this is did i break it already <laughs> I feel like that with After Effects. I open After Effects and just like screamed and closed my laptop. <laughs> I was like, ah, what is this? But uh, yeah, when I was, I'll, I'll wrap this story up pretty quickly. But basically, design was like that 100% for me mm-hmm. in high school. And I really, I, I really just like loved it. Uh-huh. Like I was, like we've talked about Parker being 100% into design in college. Yeah. Like that was me in high school. And by the time I was graduating high school, you know, both my older siblings graduated from college. And so I was like, dang, dude, I feel like I owe it to my parents to like get a college degree or Mm -hmm. something. So, you know, I was kind of in a bit of a tricky spot and I went to high school with Nathan Storm too. And like Nathan was, he was in that a hundred percent in design Mm -hmm. in high school, uh, towards the end of high school. So like, he was like, yeah, dude, like I want to go to art school. I want to go to Heron really perfect my craft and figure that stuff out and i i already knew like a lot of photoshop a lot of illustrator i didn't know any indesign at all but i i really feel like i knew most most of the photoshop stuff that i even do now like i learned then like freshman year of high school so by the time we i was considering okay what do i want to go to college in nathan was like yeah i want to do design i was like yeah i mean I know how to do that stuff already, so like not sure I want to go into it. Too hard to do that, but yeah, my heart just wasn't there like it was earlier on. So like in a weird way, I like got a degree in something that I was already kind of decent at. Mm -hmm. That wasn't hard per se, but my heart wasn't super about it at the time. Like once you finished Heron, yeah. Like even when Uh I was at Heron, I was just like sitting in classes, like dude, I know all this. Just trying to like get through it. Yeah, like, I already, like, learned this, like, a yeah. long time ago. So, like, ah. I didn't learn everything. Like, I don't want to come on, come across as, like, yeah, dude, like, I didn't even need art school. But, like, <laughs> by the time we were junior, senior year, I was learning more design thinking and stuff that mm-hmm. I would have never learned on my own. Yeah. But 
that that's definitely what pushed me to pursue kind of painting and doing murals and stuff because mm-hmm. I just I couldn't look at a screen anymore, dude. Like, yeah, it's tough, especially I when really you're working couldn't. like long hours, eight hours a day looking at my screen, making like tiny JPEGs for like companies I don't really care about. Yeah, just and do then it. You come home and you're like, well, I guess I'll do now this for my personal enjoyment. So I'll stare at a computer for another eight hours a day. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, I just, just need like, to let this tv screen or computer screen melt my freaking retinas of <laughs> yeah, my it, eyes man. it gets hard dude to keep it up <laughs> i mean i have tremendous respect for designers who are in there and like it's like you dude like you're you're doing your full-time gig and also doing dope stuff on the side too that like Thanks, is man. equally as amazing dude so tenfold tremendous respect <laughs> for that dude you've had your 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 day job for a really long time man so it's been yeah i think i'm going on like almost four years there now dope man yeah, you guys have worked on some crazy stuff, dude. Weirdly. It's always wild to chat with you and <laughs> catch up on what stuff you guys are doing. It's nuts. Yeah, I've learned so much like outside of school just from working a job like that and just like being thrown directly into it. And then, yeah. I don't know. Like you are mentioning about school. I think one of the main things for me that's was like school just basically helped me learn how to just like you need to do you need to do your work. Like, I don't know, in high school it was always like I'll just figure it out whatever. <laughs> And then like the first year of design school and they're like kicking your ass and they're like, where's your work? You're not turning anything in. And you're like, shit, I probably should do my homework. <laughs> was college hard for you? Would you say? Uh, I don't think it was really like hard for me, but just like getting into an, like a work ethic. Cause like, you move out by yourself? Like you don't want to be like doing homework or whatever. So, like, I don't know. I think after like, like the first year in Heron was really fun. And then the first year in design school, which was like, kind of kicked my ass and made me realize like I need to probably do a lot more work and then that mm-hmm. just like sort of shifted my mindset of like I should probably be trying a lot harder than I actually am and then once that became a thing it was like more easy to start to do that stuff but <clears throat> I don't know I didn't really do any like personal work in college which is weird I don't know if it was just being all my personal time was like doing homework or whatever uh, that's a big part of it dude mm-hmm not having homework really does for your mind to like, Oh dude, I just clock out and like, I can do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you have to fight that. Like your brain is a bit fried from working all day, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah. And that's tough. Like when you're starting out to try to like, I just worked an eight hour day. Like I'm tired and uh, like, I'm going to go home and work on something else. And especially like, I don't know, it like was you hard. doing paintings and stuff like those are labor intensive paintings. Dude. So. When I was painting paintings in this like living room here, uh-huh. Like I couldn't really spray paint in there at all. So I'm just like doing all of them with paintbrushes and dude, it sucked, man. It was like, but I just feel like I had to, it's probably like you with your, your dummy project. You feel like I have this creative energy and you know, I'm maybe untapped isn't the right word for it, but like you have other life experience that you want to communicate to that maybe through your design job, it might be like, what, they're not going to come to you to be like, hey, dude, can you make us T-shirts or something? They're like, yeah, you're there like, for a this certain is what task I want to do. fulfill, right? Yeah. So, you know, when you have other desires outside of that too, it's it's tricky to have to delegate the time mm-hmm. outside of it. And I really, I feel like with my design job, kind of struggled with that. Mm-hmm. Like, once I found my kind of geometric style and what I wanted to do, and it's like once you have an idea, it's hard to unsee that you have a goal in mind for it. So. I feel like once I kind of found my geometric stuff, my like day job, I just, I don't know. It, it kind of also comes back to me doing that design stuff my freshman year of high school mm-hmm. and then going to college and design. And then I got a 
job in that industry and I was just like, dude, this isn't what I thought it was. Yeah. I don't know. And then just doing your own stuff, like, I don't know, I've gotten freelance opportunities that I probably wouldn't have gotten if I wasn't just doing whatever I wanted, like, mm. just for fun. Like, I don't know, initially I was like, I'll just design, like, something for a band or whatever. And then you've got people like, hey, we saw you did something on Instagram and thought it was pretty cool. Can you design us a menu or a t-shirt or a map or whatever? Like, I don't know, just, like, getting, just doing what you want to do will lead to stuff. Like, I don't know, you don't have to, like, as long as you're putting in the work, like, stuff will come out of it. <clears throat> yeah absolutely dude that's how i felt with the geometric stuff i was doing i just felt like i had to do that stuff or else i'd like lose my mind <laughs> yeah like i've seen you gone from literally just like sketching an illustrator doing these like abstract shapes to now like you've dude, painted no idea what giant buildings now <laughs> dude it's been very weird and now you're about to go on tour like that's insane man it's been really weird dude it's cool seeing like your hard work pay off like you've been crushing it i still maybe, remember maybe going... on instagram that's what it looks like <laughs> <laughs> in real life it's like it's it's a, it's a trip how stuff plays out, man. It's yeah. been really weird to see how just shifting time away from if I was at the, at my day job to having all the time of the day to do, you know, your own creative projects. Like, mm-hmm. I really feel like I had to put the pedal to the metal and try to just make it happen because otherwise, I don't know. I gave myself when I left my day job or got laid off from my day job, I gave myself like a month. Mm-hmm. I was like. I'll give it a month and just see what I can do with art, see what I can do with murals. And if it doesn't work, you know, I have a degree, I guess I can go back into advertising or work for an in-house design shop or something. But, um, yeah, it's been like two years since that point. Damn. That's awesome. man. Pretty crazy, dude. (laughs) I, I I really was like, if I, if I make it a month, like I, I could probably pull up text messages where I was like, yeah, if I can just make it a month, like I'd be stoked. And like two years, two years phew, later, <laughs> flew through, and it, like I wouldn't see it any other way. Like I really wouldn't. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with a day job. There's definitely like crazy perks that come with that that mm-hmm. I now have to deal with if I'm not with you know a company. Yeah. But I'm sure it's so fulfilling just doing, like making your hustle happen. Like whatever you wanted to do. Like this geometric sketching you were doing is now like you're tuned it into a full time job. Thanks, dude. It's <clears throat> it's been tricky, but. I feel like it's a worthy pursuit, you know, which is kind of why I feel like I need to continue pursuing it, Um, Mm -hmm. especially in Indianapolis as our city grows and as our city continues to develop and as, you know, huge buildings keep getting built in our city, there's going to be that, that visual language of architecture is continually growing in cities across like the world. Mm -hmm. So trying to find art that kind of speaks that same language, um, is sort of what I try to do, um, me coming from living in a small farm town. And then when I went to IUPUI, you know, now I'm around these huge skyscrapers and stuff. And it just, it just kind of blew my mind. (laughs) Like the chase tower, downtown Indy, or I guess the Salesforce tower now, like it's just crazy, dude. I never really knew that I liked architecture until I started like learning about architecture. But, um, like when we had design history in school, Mm -hmm. they touched on architecture a little bit when we talked about, um, like constructivism, which mm-hmm. is kind of like Shepard Fairey Obey type of stuff. Oh yeah, where it's like everything is black, white, and red, and it has these like sharp angular compositions and stuff. And that stuff was really inspired by like the uh, like the Russian Revolution and things like that. And, and and some of the typography from around then too. That was when like 
Bauhaus was like coming around. And so like things were becoming increasingly like simplified and, mm-hmm. and less decorative. It was coming out of like, I think after the art deco movement and whatnot, where things were a bit more floral and like extravagant. Like, yeah. <laughs> and so like, I just liked how tactile a lot of that stuff looked and started reading about brutalism and all kinds of different architectural movements and contemporary architecture, modern architecture. And it was weird. Like I felt kind of untapped when I was in school about mm-hmm. some of that stuff yeah that you weren't i mean even if anything like trying to work that into a project is like sometimes difficult like yeah. i know i want to do this but i don't know how mm. i can even go about doing this <laughs> and i don't know if you've had the same experience but i felt like with my geometric stuff like i would leave my day job and then go home and be on my computer and it would just like spill out like mm-hmm. I would just open Illustrator and be like, uh, and then just like make a triangle and then like 25 minutes fly by and I'm like, yo. You just black out and then. Dude, and I would just be like, what is this? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I think I, that's. I didn't even think about this. That's definitely how it works for me. It's like all or nothing. If I open my computer to work, nothing comes out or I'll just black out and then mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. I have a whole bunch of stuff that I can like, here's a bunch of starts. <laughs> yeah. That's wild, man. I, I feel like with my stuff too, like I. I would just make it and not know what it is, why it's there, why I made that at mm-hmm. all. So like I had to like ask myself, what am I doing with this <laughs> stuff? Like, is this, am I wanting to make prints? Am I wanting to like learn screen printing to do yeah. these or like, what, like and that's why it is they helpful. Were just like weird figments on illustrator that I had no understanding of whatsoever. Uh, it is helpful to develop those sort of like barriers for yourself. Like not like an assignment, but like, okay, I'm going to do this because of this or blah, 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 blah. Like, gonna make a screen print so i'm gonna try to keep in mind to keep this like more simplified Mm -hmm. or at least like work in how i'm gonna do it or maybe here's a little bit of like lyric inspiration or i found this photo that i like i'm gonna try to use this somehow or use like something similar in vain yeah that's awesome like i don't know i remember like growing up reading about shepherd fairy and stuff when he was saying like he started doing posters in just black and white because the kinkos he would print it they only did black and white so like i don't know developing those other barriers for yourself like I'm going to try to do one or two color art because I'm not very good at doing four color screen prints like on t-shirts. So. <laughs> like, yeah. You seem driven by know. some of that process stuff. Yeah, definitely. Like, or at least you pay attention to the process and let that inform your practice, which is super dope. Thanks man. Yeah. I think that's something I've always been like super interested in. Like <clears throat> the artists I like, how did, how did you do this? How did you make this? How can I do something like this myself? Like, I've gotten like the, when I first started doing t-shirts and stuff, like trying to sell them online, I got them made somewhere and like opening the box was cool like wow but it's like you feel just i don't know at least personally i felt a little more just like disconnected from it because like i didn't do this like i could probably just figure out how to do this like i'm gonna get the patches made myself or i'll screen print it and i'm gonna go hand pick out all these t-shirts from goodwill like not only am i saving money but i get to pick more unique fabrics or whatever like i don't know that was one thing about doing the one of ones i wanted to do is it's like i don't have a huge following so shoot like i don't have a huge oh no you're good man so like i don't know if the 20 people that are gonna buy my t-shirts like if i only have three designs and they're just like stocks like i'm less interested in buying a shirt that like probably all my friends are gonna have versus like this is the same design but this one's on a green shirt or a red Mm. shirt or this one's weird tie-dye or whatever so like i don't know they're similar but they're like somewhat unique that's sick dude yeah i've always i had a buddy who like thrifted a bunch of like sporting clothes and stuff and had like a little 
sports business. His name was Drew. Um, and he, it was so cool to see that like you can just find stuff from Goodwill and like flip it. Yeah. Like a good profit <laughs> if you have like a curatorial eye uh-huh. for like what type of garments you want, what types of clothes you want. Yeah, it's tight. Like my buddy Nick and Danielle, they used to run a gallery in Indy called Sugar Space. And when they closed that down, rest in peace, um, <laughs> they bought a bunch of like Goodwill t-shirts and printed like rest in peace Sugar Space on it. And my buddy Nick was like, yeah, there's kids here that like were literally just coming to buy t-shirts from us. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, that's nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. That's yeah. super dope. And that was super cool too. Like when they were here doing all that Sugar Space stuff, like they let me and Lizzie do a show there together. And I don't know, they just straight up rented a house and then just painted it like a gallery and ran a gallery out of it. Like, Dang. I don't know, Nick and Danielle have always been someone I, people I've taken inspiration from too. Like they're always like just doing such insane work and just like making it happen on their own. That's tight. Are they still in Indy? Uh, right now they're in Omaha. Work. Nick's teaching some, uh, for some university out there. But yeah. He does all sorts of cool, like video work or like found sculptural type stuff. And then she does like almost like peewee's playhouse type, like soft sculpture. And I don't know, just like all kinds of like really cool things. Like, yeah. Like there are two artists that do so much like different mediums and things like that. But I don't know. It's cool to see it all work together. Yeah. It's interesting. Like artist couples. I know. Right. (laughs) So it's a wild dynamic. It's cool. Like seeing them like collaborate and stuff. Like, I don't know when you see artist couples, they usually help each other out one way or another. Like even if their styles are similar or not similar, just like how those things can work together is interesting. Yeah. It's wild, man. My, my poor girlfriend, Courtney always has to help me with colors. (laughs) I feel, I I feel bad, but I think she's, she's down for it. (laughs) I remember doing that one day with the Walmart. You'd be like, Hey, what's this color? <laughs> Dude, it throws people off sometimes because, like, I'm genuinely asking, like, hey, like, yeah, that wasn't like scary for you getting into art, like, because, or were you so young when you started doing it that it just isn't even a thought? Um, well, I had a an art teacher in elementary school named Mr. Gaw who, like, I would draw a landscape or something with like the wrong colors, mm-hmm. and uh, like. I would show other kids in my class and like, Hey, like that, like those colors aren't right. Or like, you didn't do that correctly or something. And I'd show Mr. Gaw and he would just be like, Nick, that looks amazing. Like, I love how you had the grass red and the sky purple. Like I've never seen that before. That's really cool. That's sweet. And if that's what your world looks like, I want to see more of that. And like, he really just like built it up to like, dude, your art can be whatever you perceive. That's super cool to hear and like nurtured that for you. I remember that like flipped my mind. Like from that point (laughs) forward, life was different. Yeah, literally, like probably fourth grade, I was like, whoa, that's really profound. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I started just approaching art from a mindset of like colors don't have to be like representational per Uh se. And that's a huge direction for my type of work is I don't, I mean, I can paint representational stuff, not amazingly, but Mm. you have to paint it correctly. (laughs) Yeah. Like if I want to paint a bird or like, you know some a lion i paint a blue lion people are gonna be like uh why is that lion blue bro you know but like if i paint a triangle red that should have been blue how how do you determine what the colors things should be Mm -hmm. you know that is really interesting i never thought about that might have been why you got more into like abstract painting it's safe being abstract (laughs) which 
I'm this like homescapes tour thing I'm doing is a bit like not as safe mm-hmm. in, in my realm, but I have my buddy Mitch who's helping me with it. So, and, and he's a really, really good landscape painter and can help derive which colors we should use and stuff. So if he just tells me <laughs> what colors to do, we should be good. I mean, I, just alone, like your app, your understanding of color is absolutely insane. Like, especially that you're a colorblind, like, thanks buddy. I don't know. I can see color and I don't have a grasp of color theory the way that you do. <laughs> Dude, I was having a conversation with a client the other day about like kind of which colors that I tend to use. Cause like same with both of our work, there's kind of a standard color palette that we kind of bounce in between. Yeah. Um, just based on personal preference potentially, but a client asked me like, why do you do a lot of murals with like blues and oranges? Like, and I was like, well, uh, I can see those colors <laughs> basically. Like I feel like blue and orange are the only colors I can see like a hundred percent clear. Yeah. Like, and I don't know scientifically if that's legit, if I can see the same blue and orange that regular sighted people see, but I, I with pretty confident if you point out I feel like I've heard that. I've heard that's why Facebook is blue because really, what's his name Zuckerberg or whatever was colorblind. I did not know that. And that was the color he could see the that's best. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like a lot of the designs I do, I kind of want to paint it. And I found this out after the fact, but I kind of want to do it these these types of colorways so that people who even are colorblind will round the corner and be like, "Yo, yeah, <laughs> I've never seen anything that vibrant before." You know, like just freak someone out who's colorblind and be like this person and maybe they don't even know I'm colorblind or something, but whoever painted this is speaking a language that I kind of understand. I've always thought that was really cool about your work too. Is like, I remember in school, you're always into like metal music and like heavy band tees that were like all black. And then your work is just like an explosion <laughs> of color. <laughs> yeah, It's like that meme. That's like, uh, my boyfriend dressing and it's like a grayscale. And then it's like my boyfriend's computer and it's a rainbow. <laughs> yeah, pretty much dude. Yeah, I just, clothing especially, I've always been, dude, I would wear like a sky blue t-shirt or something with like cardinal red shorts to like school and everyone's uh-huh. like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> you look like a clown right now. Like, stop. So I was just like, oh, I'll just wear like black forever. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> it just goes with stuff, I guess. And like, I don't know. I'm the wrong. I wear a bunch of black too. <laughs> I've only more recently, I mean, I'd make a bunch of shirts, but I've only more recently started being like, I should bar- start buying more cool t-shirts, like making it a point to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's been tough branching out clothing wise. Cause like there's kind of rules with clothing mm-hmm. of like, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about there's rules to clothing to someone that like freely knows the rules <laughs> and breaks them. But you know, there's, I guess you're not supposed to wear like black pants or something with like or a black shirt with blue jeans. Like, you know, there's like oh, all these yeah. weird little rules, societal rules in terms of clothing. So like <laughs> I've butted up against them so many times. I was like, all right, I'll just wear black. That was really funny too. When, uh, I used to ask Brooke, I'd be like, which one of these shirts should I wear today? And then she would take a look at four t-shirts and be like, you dress like a grandpa on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and just like, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> you pretty eccentric like that. Does, does any of that come from like your parents or like, culture wise anything just dressing like pretty wacky no honestly i don't even know why it's a thing i maybe it's just like from people being like oh that's cool or that's funny and just like this is pretty funny i should do it more i don't know i guess i've always liked getting like a reaction from people like making people laugh or whatever so like 
just wearing like my hair and pigtails or something. It's like, that's so funny. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that is tight, dude. It's cool how dummy is a conglomeration of a lot of your past experiences and even just who you are as a person kind of reflected through the, the, the concept of your brand pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's super dope. Yeah. I yeah. It's going good places, man. Thanks, man. That's why it is fun to like, I like doing some like just like black and white tees for like people that want to wear them, but it is fun like trying to get some of my homies to wear like a bright blue shirt or whatever. Like this one's airbrushed. I don't know. Just like trying to look a little goofy. I'll got to look a little goofy. <laughs> yeah. As of recently, I've been slightly branching my color palette of clothes out a little bit just because I feel like I've delved enough in colors to like, and also dude, I don't, I don't care, dude. Like, yeah. Same. I really don't care, dude. <laughs> like. I've worn black enough to just be like, yeah, whatever. I'll wear like a neon yellow shirt. Like, I don't, I don't care. Like I don't really care what people think of me, you know, yeah. to, to a certain extent so much as I don't want people telling me I'm wearing the wrong colors, but if I'm vastly exceeding the, the proper colors, <laughs> then, like, then it's, it's broken to a point that like, who cares? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure also just like painting murals, like you want to be a little more low key, like you're out, like you can't be out painting or something wearing like a, neon green shirt and it's like oh that dude's sticking out over there <laughs> well it's funny because like some girls that i do when you're on a lift you have to wear like a reflective vest and stuff so oh like, yeah it's 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 been really weird feeling like you're a construction worker <laughs> and like you're out painting art it's just it's a kind of a weird dichotomy yeah it's like if i go to like a restaurant or something he'll just like a construction dude <laughs> But like wearing basketball shorts and like tennis <laughs> shoes, like people just look at me like, "Who is this freak in here?" <laughs> you know. But wearing high vis clothing like that is it definitely attracts some eyes for sure. Yeah, big time. But in a way too, you also blend in. Like you could just put a reflective vest on, just like walk into anything, dude. Just paint whatever you want. Pretty much like, <laughs> straight up. I've heard a an interview with Shepard Fairy where he used to say that like sometimes he would just get a high vis vest on and just go paint somewhere or like put up posters. Most time people be like, just think he was working or something. That's <laughs> yeah, it's like that sometimes. Well, shoot, dude, I feel like we've covered quite a bit. How long are we? Yeah, what's our time at? About an hour forty almost. Oh wow! How long do these normally go? It's the longest one yet, <laughs> dude. Let's go. <laughs> well, tight. Uh, we shall end it here, Alex. Where can people continue to stay up to date with your stuff? Uh, my Instagram page, Alexander Superchump. And then uh, the dummy Instagram page. Thanks, dummy. Um, and then nothing club. I think it's at nothing underscore club. So one of those three. Dope. If you follow one, you'll be able to find the links to the other three. <laughs> yeah, I think your your Instagram page has uh, dummy and your bands tagged in it too. Okay, cool. Well, cool. Thanks for chatting, Alex. This was super fun, man. And uh, look forward to seeing how much dummy we can get out there in the world, dude. It's going to be sick. <laughs> Thanks for so much for having me, man. Definitely, dude. Um, listeners, feel free to like, subscribe. Well, shoot, this isn't a freaking YouTube video. Please like and subscribe. Yeah, please uh, comment on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think, what is it? You have to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, I think is the uh, the podcast. Can you follow on, in, can you follow on Spotify? Yeah, I think so. It, have... it should be available on all, pod, on all podcasting platforms, but I think Apple reviews help the podcast like rate better uh, okay like, i don't know dude i'm an idiot <laughs> so uh, do whatever the podcast you can do to support the thing for the, the people to see it please like and subscribe <laughs> <laughs> see you guys <laughs> peace <laughs>